Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Taking the F Out Wrestling and Entertainment Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Christian. And um, and this week we're going to do a Royal Rumble preview part. Um, I recorded this earlier on the week with two of my friends, uh, Marlon and Joe, aka Chef. And we had a really good discussion about all things Royal Rumble related. Um, so we discussed kind of what we think the outcomes of this year's Rumble will be from a men's and women's perspective. And of course, some of the fonder moments that we have from our childhood in great WrestleMania moments. And of course, we also looked back at some of the uh, more controversial WrestleMania moments as well, because it wouldn't be WWE without a little bit of controversy. See what I did there? That rhymed. <laughs> um, before we do get looking to the pod, I've had a few thoughts about the um, about the Rumble winners myself uh, since we discussed it on the pod. And for the men's side of things, I think it makes sense for... Daniel Bryan to possibly be the winner um, as he's looking to go more part-time and for him to have that kind of one last I say one last moment but that more that outstanding crowning achievement moment into his CV I think it makes a lot of sense um, but of course we discussed a lot of other guys as you'll hear later on in our discussion uh, and from the women's point of view too there's the three front runners I think you've got Bianca Belair who's been getting that really good push um, you've got Bailey as well who just makes sense from, you know, if you want to face Sasha at Mania and get, get a bit of a running program going from there. And there's also the Alexa Bliss angle where she could potentially become the Fiend. I don't know if anyone's been watching Raw recently, but that's been a bit of a bit of a story angle. So she could come in late on um, and really push that story to another level because her acting has been absolutely superb during this time. But yeah, those are just some of my initial thoughts on that. Um, but yeah, so we'll cut into the discussion we had earlier on the week. I hope you really enjoy it. I had a lot of fun recording it with the guys. Um, so yeah, without further ado, here's a conversation I had about this year's Royal Rumble and all things Royal Rumble with Marlon and Chef. Hi everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Taking the F Out Wrestling and Entertainment Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Christian, and joining me this week to talk about all things Royal Rumble related... I'm joined by two friends of mine. I'm joined by Marlon and Joe. Gents, welcome to the podcast. And how are you both doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, hey, like WrestleMania season around the corner, you know, like the best time of year for us wrestling fans. And yeah, looking forward to uh, discussing just wrestling and kicking out a little bit. And thank you for having us on. Yeah, I'm doing all right as well. Royal Rumble is actually my favorite pay-per-view. I went to the one back in uh, Philadelphia. When knock one, it was best wrestling experience I've had. So I'm excited to talk about it. And you were two guys who have had some pretty good um, wrestling experiences, mainly WrestleMania ones as well. So I'm very envious of that. Um, so let's let's kick on with a, with a nice easy question I got for you guys. So kind of the current thoughts. I mean, I talked about it a little last week uh, in regards to both SmackDown and Raw, but I didn't go into NXT that much. So your thoughts on the current state of WWE programming, and Marlon, I'll start with you on this one. Yeah, so it's, uh, I guess it's like a bit split because Raw is, you know, becoming or has been a chore for months, usually with one or two good segments. But then at the same time, SmackDown has been some of the most entertaining television I've seen in years. And then on top of that, it's, you know, crazy that even though Raw tends to be such uh, uh, a shit show more often than not, uh, like the pay-per-views always end up delivering. So, you know, if you think about it, the live shows, like the point is to get it to the end product of the of the pay-per-views and the fact that they always seem to hit it's it's weird that they can under deliver with the tv shows but then almost over deliver every uh pay-per-view so honestly from a grand scheme of things i think 
doing pretty well and I'm enjoying the product for the most part. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Marlon on that sentiment. Like the TV, especially Raw, is a pain to watch. SmackDown's gotten significantly better with the return of Roman Reigns. And NXT is just NXT. It's the best on the planet. Uh, but like I said, WWE hasn't missed a pay-per-view in, God, over a year at least because all of their pay-per-views have been top to bottom, always good and deliver. Completely agree with the pay-per-view point. I think um, I actually don't remember the last one I didn't enjoy, which is kind of insane because Elimination Chamber was even pretty good from last year. So, no, man, it's, it's, it's really good stuff. Um, what do you guys think would actually help make Raw a bit more watchable? So I was thinking, I was wrapping, trying to wrap my head around this the other day, and I couldn't really think of two or three specific things I could hang my hat on. Uh, make it two hours. <laughs> Once it went to three hours, writing a third hour of television is fucking impossible. It it's hard to do. Like they've WCW tried it back in '98, '99 with Nitro, and I believe correct me if I'm wrong, I think Thunder had a third hour at one point. It's just, it's too much. It's oversaturated. Look at NXT, two hours, perfect. AEW Dynamite, two hours, fine. SmackDown, two hours, fine. Three hours is just too much. And secondly, get Bruce Pritchard out of here. Let Heyman run Raw. <laughs> when Heyman was running Raw, it, everything was working fine, even with three hours. But br that's the two things I got. Yeah, and like assuming that for whatever reason they just can't move to two hours, I just feel like there's never any real stakes or closure and just views seem to go on forever. And at the same time, I think it's tough to get invested in the characters that they're not taking seriously, like um, like Retribution, for example. Like I, I want to like them. I, you know, I love uh, Mustafa Ali, but like just every week it's kind of some hokey stuff and there's not like a meaningful feud in there. And then on top of that, like, I don't know what they're trying to do with the women's tag division. It's just, you know, in and out the same teams every week. And then, you know, we have um, Lacey Evans trying to, you know, <laughs> pipe down Ric Flair and like, it's just a lot of TV time gets eaten up by things that just ultimately don't matter in the grand scheme of things. So then it's tough to sit there and be invested in, you know, and then you got to wait until the end when then it's like Orton who's been killing it all year and uh alexa who I, i've had some complaints about her in general just over the course of her career but she's been knocking this out of the park with uh especially her acting like she is a must watch almost especially with how that character is developing with like the fact that that's the case and then i think too uh they, they, they booked themselves into a corner with um with the United States Championship with Lashley because he's so unstoppable, but then he's also the mid-card guy, so it's a little <laughs> tricky. I don't know how they get themselves out of that one, but we'll see. No, I think there's some really good points there. I think they, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, with the TV contract as it is, if they went down to two hours, they probably have to do an extra hour of television that would have to be on some form of streamable format, surely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's pretty pretty interesting. So let's let's actually kick into the actual Royal Rumble event itself. So one of the we've, I mean, we've not really got that many matches confirmed, but the ones we've got, we'll, we will talk about. Probably not as much as the uh, women's tag match because let's be honest, we're not 
going to be investing in that as much as we are the other, other ones. Um, so let's kick off with a little bit of Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. So this feud has been absolutely flames for the past, what, six weeks or so? Um, and it's now going to culminate into a last man standing match, which given that, if I remember, if I remember correctly last year, was Roman not in one with Baron Corbin, which was either last man standing or it had some form of stipulation on it. Yeah, I believe that was it. Yeah, because I remember they did the spear off the, uh, the dugout spot. Yeah, now that you mention it. So it's you would feel, in terms of kind of the brutality of it, it would have the same kind of feel as the previous matches too. So what, what are you guys expecting from this match? And do you see foresee any form of title change to make things a little bit interesting? Um, I, yeah, I would say probably no to the title change, I think. Uh, and this probably might be Owens' last shot. But yeah, I think Reigns has just been too hot with the title. Although Owens has been gathering such heat as a, as the, the lead baby face on this show that, I mean, it wouldn't completely surprise me. But I imagine some shenanigans for uh, Roman to retain the belt. And I think to your point about there not being that many matches on the card, I would say I think this match, given the stipulation, might go for quite a while. Uh, I agree with Marlon on I don't, there's not going to be a title change. Uh, our tribal chief shouldn't lose the title for at least another <laughs> calendar year. And I'm dead serious. He's that good. And he's deserved this long title run since he first won the title years ago. Uh, I think it's going to be good. I think you are going to see a baseball spot since I believe it's at uh, the Tropicana field, right? That's where they're, they're doing it, where the Marlins yeah. play. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see... Uh, KL probably throw reins on uh, Marlins, Marlin. I think you're thinking the Rays. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be an awesome, it's going to be the best match of the night. And that includes the two Rumble matches. I think these two are going to steal the show because they have such good chemistry with one another. No, I completely agree. Uh, I'm really hoping it is baseball theme now. That would be quite, a, <laughs> it will be quite interesting. But do you see this feud going on longer than it is? Or do you think this will be kind of, the, the prelude to it as we build them to WrestleMania. Um, yeah, I think this this might have to be the end. I think like, because you might suffer from a bit of the fatigue if you know the uh, the feud keeps going. And I imagine if a um, if a SmackDown representative ends up winning the Rumble, like they might start leaning that way. So I think this might be the the blow off, especially given that last man standing matches tend to be the sort of, you know, closure to Fuse. Definitely agree. This is the blow-off because I think the the winner will probably be from SmackDown. So they're going to set that up for Reigns. KO's going to have enough, uh, you know, behind like heat behind his back to be able to withstand this loss and still not lose his spot. So he'll be in the title picture again soon, just after uh, the Royal Rumble ends. No, it's awesome stuff. So let's move on to the the other title match. And on paper, it looks looks a bit of a strange matchup, really, when you look at it on paper. So it's Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg for the WWE title. Marlon, I'll come to you on this. Um, Why? (laughs) (laughs) They had to figure out a way to to get the two contractually obligated matches a year out of Goldberg. And I guess... For now, it's this. Uh, I don't know why otherwise, and I don't really get the point. I, I guess to maybe just add another pelt to 
you know, Cruz collection. But yeah, just <laughs> baffled by this one. I hate it. I hate the idea of this match. And like I said before we got on, I've been anti Goldberg since I was a kid. Never, never saw it. I mean, it's just going to be Claymore kick versus Spear. And it'll be entertaining, but it's just like, why is this even a thing? Like, I thought when he said to Brock, you're not first, you're not next to your last. I thought that was it. Why am I still seeing this old ass on my TV? I can't stand it. <laughs> it's, it's in quite high profile events as well, which makes it more annoying than it should be. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's also annoying as well because, you know, we we're talking about feuds just and you would have fought Drew McIntyre against AJ Styles to kind of put that full circle and they put on a really good match from before. So it would make sense to go with that for the match as well. Uh, how, how do you think see this going? Do you think it's going to be a bit of a squash match from one side to the other? Or do you think it'll be a bit 10 minutes of fairly entertaining wrestling that everyone will just clap their hands at and hopefully we'll move on to the next part swiftly? Yeah, pretty pretty quick, I think. Probably six or seven minutes tops. I think Goldberg probably just gets the upper hand early and yeah, and then a couple of Claymores later, it's it's over. The typical Goldberg sprint. Yeah, I'm using the same formula like him and Braun did or how uh, Drew and Brock had it or even Brock and uh, Goldberg. It's just going to be nothing but big moves for about five, six minutes. And then after the 19th Claymore kick, Drew should retain the title. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought we all collectively agreed to just not discuss that, that Braun Strowman Goldberg match or the Braun Strowman <laughs> Universal Title reign. <laughs> oh, what do you mean, bro? It wasn't it wasn't as great as you thought it was. <laughs> oh no, I it, it was it, it should have been fantastic. Um, <laughs> that was that was probably my, but honestly that was probably my favorite part of that entire range is us like on a weekly basis just coming together and saying this absolutely stinks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let's move into the next part, and I want I want to get some some your your favorite Royal Rumble moments for over the years. So so chef, I'll come to you first on this. One of your let, let's keep it recent, and then we'll kind of deal deep into the deep uh, deep recess about nostalgia oh, uh, later easy. on. Easy edge returning. That that's that was one of the best like feel good amazing surprise entrance uh, I've ever seen. It's like. We thought about it. We all was like, oh, well, he did the spear to Elias. Is it going to happen? No, it's not going to happen. And then you hear the, you think you know me, and it comes out. And I just remember sitting there with uh, my buddy Charlie, who's the biggest edge mark there ever is, and our jaws were just dropped. Like, we did not expect that at all. So that's the top of my list, and I don't think anything is going to come close to it for in regards to recent. Yeah, then I'll actually <laughs> take something from the same Rumble. Uh, let's talk about that first half of the Royal Rumble last year. Oh, my God, with Brock just <laughs> straight up mauling everybody one at a time. That was some of the best television I ever watched, just oh, that, him that was mauling amazing. everybody. That was, that was awesome. Right? 13, 14 people just line them up and just throw them out. And then, you know, with a couple – cool spots with like Keith Lee, you know, in there and everything. Mm-hmm. And then even to the McIntyre uh, elimination, because that was pure shock. The fact that he got him out of there and they set up that match. Like, wow. Just Brock made that rumble. I think 
And then, you know, the edge return shocked me and was one of the most incredible moments we've seen in years. But just like, and I think it overshadowed the fact that just the first half of that entire match was just pure entertainment just between like him performing so well and also it just being hilarious watching him work everybody. A best book rumble ever. Mm-hmm. Completely agreed. I remember if I think it was like half three in the morning over here. And then you hear the music drop and my, my, my jaw dropped as well. And it's like marked out at half three in the morning, like, holy shit, like what the fuck is going on? But uh, no, man, that was that was awesome. Any let, let's go let's go back into a little bit of nostalgia. So Marlon, I'll come back to you. One of your just all-time favorite Royal Rumble moments. So one of the things that would have made you kind of jump out your seat as a kid, or one of the things being a bit of a nerdy 15-year-old going, Oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, uh, the one thing I remember that made me jump out, it got ruined very quickly, uh, but I think in a good way was um, the 2001 Rumble. Uh, I remember, I think it was Kane and Undertaker were, were in the ring. They had just cleared out, and the next person that came out was like Scotty Tuhati. They beat his ass, and uh, they throw him out. And then and then all of a sudden, they're, uh, you know, the countdown, they're like, oh, you know, who's next? Like, who's the next? Like, oh, like, probably another job or somebody to come out and get their ass beat. And then the glass shatters, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, Stone Cold's coming out. All right. And, you know, like, eight-year-old me sitting there like, okay, yeah, like, you get to beat both of them up. Like, let's go. And then all of a sudden, Triple H comes and beat his ass and, you know, ruins it for costing him the, uh, the title earlier. But I think, like, just, like, the – the hype of like, all right, can another taker in the ring? Like they're going to take on somebody. And then for it to be Stone Cold Steve Austin, just like for that glass shatter, those 10 seconds or so, uh, like that was one of the most hype moments I've had watching a rumble. That's awesome stuff. Joe, how about yourself? Uh, two, what I can remember, go back to the 01 rumble. It was near the end of it because I did like a Royal Rumble binge from 92 on. It's when, it's near the end and it's when Austin and Rock lock eyes and the camera's just panning back and forth and it's just Austin covered in blood. You can just you can't see anything but his blue eyes. And you just see the rock staring him down. They meet right in the middle and it's just foreshadowing that they're going you we knew everybody knew it. It's gonna be Rock and Austin at Mania just off that foreshadowing alone. And then the other one, another return was John Cena, our goat in two thousand and eight at the at Madison Square Garden. Guy was getting booed. New Yorkers hated him. And then when you hear that music, it was one of the loudest pops I've ever heard in my life. Those two moments, I can, I'll never forget. No, I completely agree. So let's move on from some of the favorite moments to some of the more controversial Royal Rumble moments. Um, Marlon, I'll come to you first on this one. What, what, what do you think is one of the more controversial Royal Rumble moments? And of course, Royal Rumble winners as well. Yeah. Um, well, I think like the way they messed up the... Uh... The Rock winning, I think, was somewhat controversial. I guess with the order of them, of their feet, their feet hitting the ground, and then them trying to sort of like book their way around that, and it coming into the uh, that four way, uh, the four man title match at WrestleMania. That, and then um, I think also like in the same vein of just like the finishes, uh, the 05 uh, Rumble when <laughs> Vince McMahon tore his quads coming back down when. Uh, Cena and Batista hit at the same time just like yeah all, all this madness at the Rumble <laughs> <laughs> oh shit I remember that I remember because Vince was absolutely he was pissed wasn't he I, I can't oh, he, was like yeah. his, he threw his jacket down and shit and it blows both of his quads out it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> 
Imagine being that infuriated by something that you blow both of your quads out. That's... <laughs> I mean, that's a testament to the man more than anything. Chef, um, uh, how about yourself? I mean, controversial. I mean, I guess in, I would have to say Triple H in 2016. It was Reigns defending the title, and then out of nowhere, Triple H, who's been, you know, part-time for years at that point, mm-hmm. five years at that point, and he just puts himself in at 30 and wins the Rumble, and he becomes the champion. Only that nobody wanted to see. Tri- I love Triple H, but nobody wanted to see him headline main event main WrestleMania at like in his forties against Reigns. He should have never. Reigns should have went one to thirty and won it back to back to solidify himself as like the top guy. I think them doing that, like putting Triple H over, like killed Reigns's momentum for like a year easily until he fought Brock yeah. Lesnar. And they, they messed up the booking of that, too, I think, because, like, on top of putting Triple H over him, they had the, the whole reigns, like, oh, he's injured, he's out, you know, he got, like, wheeled out like in the middle of his title defense, you know, for him to then come back and then lose anyway. Like, it was just such a mess that they, like, really, like, kneecapped the reigns, I think, with that rumble, especially when he had, like, just sort of started to curry favor with the fans because he got cheered mm-hmm. winning the title in Philly, and it seemed mm-hmm. like you had positive momentum. And then the way they booked that rumble, just, uh, yeah, to, to Chef's point. Yeah, it's stupid. And it uh, was a disservice to, to Roman Reigns. And it's like, it, it took them forever to dig themselves out of that hole, I think. Yeah, I mean, we've only recently seen the, the Reigns coming out the hole fully informed, really. It's it's quite insane how much, yeah. you know, you have to curry good favor with wrestling fans. Um, so let's move on to some predictions for the men's men's side of the rumble. So, uh, Chef, I'll come to you. Kind of, who, who are you looking at from a winner? Um, any surprise entrance you think might be might be, might be be coming in? Um, be as imaginative if you want. If you want to say to Tonka, we'll jump in the rumble, feel free. Um, <laughs> and any wow moment, moments you might foresee from this, uh, from this rumble on Sunday evening? I think... For the winner, I have – I think is Daniel Bryan. I don't know. Something – just the way they've been booking him recently and him saying, like, he's ready to tone it down, I think they're going to give him that one last, like, hey, it's that thank you moment. Like, you deserve this for everything you've done, rumble moment. And everybody's wanting to see Bryan and Reigns at the top, at the biggest show. I think that fits. Uh, my honorable mention is Big E. I've been, I'm a big E stan, so uh, I've been wanting for him to get the singles run that he's been getting, so I was hoping maybe we can see, like, even though he's the Intercontinental Champion, that uh, he gets the win. Like, that'd be cool. You see, is like, you haven't seen something like that since Ultimate Warrior, so it would actually be pretty cool to see. Surprise entrance, Seth. I think Seth Rollins is coming back. So I think we'll see, we'll, we'll hear the burn it. I don't think it's going to be Monday Night Messiah and Seth. I think we might get the burn it down, Seth. I think after being a father, I think they're going to babyface him, which will be garbage. Yeah. But uh, I, I like the theme music, so I think we'll see that. Wild moments. Is Kofi in the Rumble? If Kofi's in the Rumble, we'll see something wild. Outside <laughs> of that, I don't know if we'll see any real wild moments. Yeah, from the men's side, I don't think there's going to be many from there. I think from the women's, there might be a fair few wow moments, mm-hmm. depending on how it goes. Uh, Marlon, I'll come to you. Same same, same questions. Who are you thinking for, for, for winners and, of course, any surprise entries? Yeah, so I'm rooting for Daniel Bryan, and I, I want it to be that. I think that's uh, 
you know, especially because Daniel Bryan's my favorite guy uh, on the current roster. So that'd be great, especially after that uh, showing he had at, was it the greatest Royal Rumble where he was in there for <laughs> like an hour? He got chopped mm-hmm. until his <laughs> chest was red. Like, I, I think they could, he could put on a, a real show. Um, if I'm going to pick another winner, um, I think I have two potential. I think AJ Styles hasn't lost a match in forever. I feel like that. Mm-hmm might be a possibility especially because he's already sort of like leaning towards a a toned down run i think similar to brian i don't think he's you know maybe necessarily gonna stop being full-time but i think just you know he's kind of been like around the picture but not really a main focus and especially i think with uh omas or omas however they want to pronounce it i i think there's going to be something wacky there like there's going to be some stuff so I, i i could see aj winning uh I feel like in terms of um, surprise entrance, the only one I could think of, I don't know if he could work anymore, but it would be like a Booker T just because, I mean, if Bad Bunny's going to be there performing the song, I mean, <laughs> why not? So um, that could be one. Seth was a really good shout by Chef. I, I had like thought about that for a second, but like when he mentioned it, I was like, oh yeah, like that would be awesome. Uh, that, and I feel like this might be the, beginning of hopefully some sort of cesaro mid-card push if um he can have a showing like eliminating eight to ten people especially the way they're pushing him on smackdown i think a good showing a loss and then you know maybe uh in the mid-card that you know that could be something uh big there that comes out of the rumble and then the the deep cut it's maybe uh is keith lee in it i i, I know from like two or three months ago that was my thought for somebody who could win it so that was just like another mention i wanted to add no that's good stuff um the aj styles point's a really good one because it's one of those ones where he's turning it down he's got a bit of heat at the moment so it would, would make sense to to kind of might maybe put him over um the Seth one's weird because the music's awesome first and foremost mm-hmm. the, the, the fit and more fire but when he's a baby face it just doesn't work He's garbage as a baby face. So, yeah, I agree with you. I don't know. I disagree. I actually disagree. I think um, because it must they they didn't, like, give him great views when he was the Universal champ, but that run as Intercontinental champ was one of the best, I think, in recent memory. And he was having Mm -hmm. fire match after fire match. And, you know, like, he wasn't, I guess, entrusted with running the entire show, but he was sort of the, uh, the heart and soul of it when he was the intercontinental champ. I think they just kind of fumbled him as universal champ, but he was on fire before that as a baby face. And we've seen that it can work. So I guess it just depends how they want to do it. Yeah. It makes me wonder if maybe, hear me out, maybe Samoa Joe is a surprise entrant too. Because I think he's yeah. been healthy for a while now. So maybe they're waiting, since it's a pandemic, maybe they're waiting for a big moment to like, hey, let's bring him back into the swing. of. I hope so. I love Samoa Joe. Yeah, uh, one of the just like might be the most believable guy on the microphone. He's just so yep. like quick witted and just yeah, like you look at him and you're like, all right, like that's that's a tough sob, you know. And just the way he talks trash too is just phenomenal. I'm hoping like maybe he just comes up from the commentary table, just you know, drops the headset <laughs> and uh, hops right in. <laughs> that would be pretty it. good. Yeah, we definitely you know what we we need that. Because even when you watch him on the up up down stuff, he's just so quick quick witted, and it's like so sharp with his like responses and stuff. Like such a great guy on the mic. 
Um, so same questions but for the women's side of the Rumble and Chef I'll come to you first kind of winner and do you see any surprise entrance I know it's a bit of a, a bit of a strange one from the women's division because there's only like really four people you could say would be surprised but um, but who would you say for, for the winner first and foremost winner I think it has to be either Bailey or Bianca I feel like those are the only two out of all of out of everything that just makes sense I mean they got Charlotte won it last year she's not gonna go back to back Sasha's champion uh, Charlotte's Char- uh, Oscar's champion. The only other pr- it has to be Bailey or Bianca for a surprise entry. Becky, which she's also somebody else I had as a dark horse as a winner as well. If she comes back as a surprise entrant, that she may win it. Um, I can't think of. I know I saw. Did anybody? Any of you guys see like Ronda's R- Ronda Rousey's tweet or something about like the betting odds, like herself yeah. at like plus seven forty. If she comes back, I'll, I'll be shocked because she hasn't been seen since she lost at Mania. But I think it's going to be my money. I would probably bet Bianca because I think she it's she's next up. I think she's it. She she can go. She can talk. She just has it. I I would I would like it for it to be her. But if Becky returns, it's going to be hard not to give her the Rumble win. Yeah, um, so I'm going to go a little more on the negative side here. Um, I, I have a thought. I don't know how they make it work afterward, but um, there's definitely going to be some sort of creepy Alexa uh, thing going on. And the way that they've sort of set her up, if she turns into that fiend character, uh, I, I feel like mm. she might factor in there as well. But, you know, I, I think Bianca makes by far the most sense to win, but. I think there's a possibility of uh, Alexa creeping in there and winning. I, although I think with her character, she doesn't necessarily need the belt or a title shot. And I think she probably can warrant that on her own just by smoking Oscar the past two weeks. But uh, I could see something where they give her uh, a win. I, I don't think it would make as much sense as, you know, Bianca winning. And I think Bianca is easily the best choice, but again, you know, <laughs> the WWE has, you know, been known to sometimes go away from that. And at the same time, I mean, Bianca can still on her own merits get, a, you know, a WrestleMania moment and title shot without necessarily winning the Rumble. But she can put another pretty good showing. So, uh, yeah, I think so. In terms of surprise entrance, I haven't really thought about this too much. So I, I don't know. I mean, I just imagine a couple NXT people come in. Uh, Becky would be a, a, a super surprise <laughs> given Oh, but then it'd be tough too because I don't know if you could have her win it since she's already got one. I imagine they, you know, they want to pass that off. Uh, but um, yeah, and then if Ronda comes in, that would be something because yeah, like I, I don't know how they would set up the next feud. I mean, it just would have to be Charlotte. But I don't know. Yeah, so that's uh, my thoughts on that. No, uh, no, Rhea Ripley shouts for anyone. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess it's, it, I don't know if that's like that biggest surprise i mean they, they've you know involved the nxt people but yeah i mean especially because i feel like her time should be coming to an end at nxt hopefully <laughs> uh yeah maybe i can't say she'd be a dark I mean, she'd be like a real like one of those like unexpected ones and i feel like we're past the days of truly unexpected for like <laughs> when it comes to winners i feel like they're gonna 
I feel like when it comes to like how they book the women, it's usually outside of last year is usually what you expect. Like their first rumble, everybody expected Asuka to win. The second one, we all knew Becky was going to win. Last year, it was they threw the curveball because everybody thought it was going to be Shayna, and it turned out to be Charlotte. I, yeah. I can't see them throwing it. I can't see them throwing a back-to-back curveball. I feel like it's going to go the. I feel like they're going to go the obvious route, and I feel like that obvious route is Bianca. But Marla made the best point about uh, Alexa. She's another one that's kind of obvious as well with her character. So I feel like one of those two will probably be the top two favorites. I think it probably helps proceed as well that for WrestleMania, you could easily book Sasha versus Bailey for the SmackDown side of things. So I guess that makes that a little bit a little bit easier. So it's, I mean, it, it's it's no surprise that <laughs> the, the current people presently in this uh, in this chat enjoy a good a, a good bet. So I was going to put up the gambling odds, see what they are for um, for the Royal Rumble because you can <laughs> bet on the Royal Rumble. You, you can bet on the Royal Rumble here. It's a land full of degenerates. Um, so I'm going to put up the top five um, for the men. So Daniel Bryan is the favorite at um, eleven to ten on, uh, and then Edge is second favorite with five to two odds. Keith Lee is seven to one. Brock Lesnar is eight to one, and Big E is twelve to one. Any surprises there? I'm um, actually surprised they put yeah. Brock on there. Yeah, I th- although I think it does make sense. Yeah, I love Big E twelve to one though. That's mm-hmm. something. That's something I would bet. I would absolutely throw like fifty on Big E. That Brock might be- actually be a pretty good pretty good shout now that I think about it too I mean it would be a way to sort of reignite that that drew rivalry if um he were to make the comeback and you know I imagine he's going to have a spot at Wrestlemania so I I, you know I don't know what else it would be for other than challenging for the belt so um that might be a a a pretty solid shout because I I I don't know who would like eliminate him (laughs) if he decided to (laughs) enter but it would be pretty cool if it was a biggie eliminated now I think about yeah, it. Yeah, right. That would be pretty awesome. I mean, you could set up a singles Big E Brock Lesnar type of match at Mania without a title. So like that would actually be pretty that'd be huge for Big E. So yeah, I actually kinda like that. That'd be really good. Are we uh, the the one that really confused me is the five to two on edge. Because could we all agree that there's gonna be some form of edge Randy Orton angle again for the mania at this point? I mean, I want to, but I don't know what the hell they're going to do with Orton with the whole Alexa and Bray Wyatt thing. I don't know how far they're going to push that. So, like, that was my original thinking that they were going to just, like, okay, we're going to do the SummerSlam match at Mania. But now I'm just, like, I'm un- completely unsure. Because their Mania match yeah. last year was, you know, it was stinky. Their, other, their, their, their following match was awesome, so... It'd be interesting to see what they do with Edge. I would like to see Edge, like if Daniel Bryan doesn't win or Edge doesn't win, I would love to see those two one-on-one at Mania or something like that. Yeah, I know that, uh, or I feel like they've been thinking about pushing Edge into the title picture at some point. So I don't know if, you know, yeah, I could see, especially with the the return again, where he's, you know, coming back, he declared himself for the Rumble. Um, And I think given that this is a year of such uncertainty surrounding the Rumble, like there's no clear picture as to what the title matches are going to be it would be like this would be the easiest time to sort of slot edge in there and you know 
because then he'd have a banger with Drew, uh, assuming he's still the champ there. And uh, uh, or even if he decided to swerve everybody and go to SmackDown and challenge, um, and that would help keep him away from Orton for a bit. Uh, I think Edge would be a good winner just because, you know, like he needs to have the big time matches. And if it's not Orton, I imagine the next match is some sort of title match. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. And I think especially because it was like a surprise that this week he declared for it. I think that, you know, he's going to have some sort of like momentum going into it. So I think that could work. There's a there's really outside one here that I'm looking at. <laughs> Ricochet 100 to 1. <laughs> mid Ricochet, I'm good on that. <laughs> just I yeah, couldn't even imagine a, a, a war of words with with any of the champions with Ricochet in there. I mean, he put on a great match, but yeah, just the lead up would be yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be that'd be very weird. Looking at the women's women's division now, so Bianca Belair is the favourite at seven to four, uh, and then Alexa Bliss is second favourite at ten to three. Uh, Rhea Ripley four to one, Charlotte Flair six to one, and then Becky Lynch at ten to one. So it's a weird one because you think the top two, like we discussed, are the most logical ones to push given the scenario. Any outsides you could see? looking at if I just kind of if you name the names I'll name the odds like Chef mm-hmm. mentioned I think Bailey might be a halfway decent shout just because you know a four horsewoman uh, mm-hmm. and especially I mean for value for your money I mean considering the odds like you know it might not be a, a bad thing to toss like a buck or two on you know what, what are the odds there 10 to 1 Oh, yeah. yeah so put, same as Becky? I put money on both of them. Mm-hmm. You can get a Nia Jax at 25 to 1. <laughs> Gross. I mean, stink. God, I can't stand her. <laughs> at the rate she's injuring one, it might number. actually be the only logical choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's definitely yeah, going to press I mean, somebody out of the ring and give them a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> That's She's a guarantee for sure. Honestly, outside of that, I mean, Ronda Rouse is 16 to 1, but I don't see her really coming back full time um, at, at this point. Shayna is 20 to 1, but it feels like the trigger has been missed on that. It should have been pulled a year ago and not now. Yeah. Yeah, apart from that, not real, not real much value. Um, anything else you guys want to, want to talk about, or else we can uh, we can we can wrap up, wrap up. Um. Yeah. I mean, how about we'll just do like a random guess. Like, what number do you think the winner comes out at in both? Hmm. I would say. I'm going to go a teen number. I'm going to go 14 for the men's and I think uh, two for the women. I think we're going to see the iron. I think we're going to see uh, one or two win for the women this year. I yeah, I was thinking Bianca would sort idea. of be a, a coast, <laughs> yeah, coast to coast. Uh, if not, like Alexa probably comes in at 30, I think, if she, she were to win. That seems like the move there. And then actually I was thinking something similar for the men because I, I feel like 
if Daniel Bryan were to really, really underdog it, like he's got to come in early, maybe not necessarily one or two, but somewhere in the, the mid uh, single digits. Yeah, it's a weird one. I was going to say second for the women because you could kind of see that being, being the option. Uh, for the men, I think it's going to be, be, be midpoint. Someone comes out around about halfway through. Um, and the, the runner-up will probably be fairly later on. So, but no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it this weekend. Um, I think the good point as well, what I, I need to make, and I think I made it on a, a few pods ago, is that I think wrestling's been a really good just source of curing our boredom. During these uh, three, yeah. three weird times. <laughs> oh, absolutely! There's so much. There's so much wrestling from, you know, WWE, Raw, SmackDown. Then you have uh, both Dynamite and Dark, and then you have Impact, and you have the New Japan stuff. Uh, I'm not. I think All Japan is putting shows back on, but it's just it's just so much. There's so much out there, so it can definitely. If you're bored, you can always find something new to watch. 100%. And you can also get, I mean, I mean, I got bored the other weekend just randomly started watching the network and watching um, <laughs> WrestleMania 30 yet again. <laughs> That's a uh, great WrestleMania. Top, top three WrestleMania, man. I love that WrestleMania. So good. Top to bottom. Yeah, I went because I, I did a, like a week or so ago, I watched all the Rumble matches from when Flair won. In '92 to uh, uh, 2020, and it included the greatest Royal Rumble and all that. '92, I think, is still like the best Royal Rumble, just because like from the the people in it, top to bottom, unreal. The amount of Hall of Famers and big names are in it, and then then absolutely the greatest commentator duo of all time, perfect and uh, Bobby, not excuse me, Bobby DeBrain and Gorilla Monsoon. Oh, it was just it made it made the match just that great. Like, go back and watch it. It's a it's a fun rumble match to watch, and then naturally Flair's promo after a top five promo ever. Yeah, and the fact that a match like that holds up like that twenty years later because it's like trickier to go back and watch the older stuff just because everything like seems uh, yeah. like like it's been done already. But then you have to almost yeah. go back and think of it in the lens of like this has it like at that point in time like none of this had really been done. So I, and the fact that it like still holds up to today's standards just speaks to how great it must've been at the time, like how surreal, um, which rumble was it that, um, CM Punk just had the mic and was eliminating people for, uh, like half the rumble. It felt like 2010. Yeah. 2010. Sounds right. I, I was going to give a quick shout. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to see a Bailey, version of that i think where she comes in early just goofing <laughs> off like <laughs> get the microphone and you know i mean just talk talking to like... talk bray wyatt did it too i love when they do that they get on they get on the yeah. mic and just start talking cash shit to everybody i, I love that yeah. i thought you were about to say you I... want C- i thought you were about to say you wanted oh, cm no. cuck to come back i was like All right, bro, <laughs> we're gonna have to end this now <laughs> no but yeah i think it's time for a female version of that and i think bailey who's on the run of her life right now, uh, like I think, would yeah. be the perfect person to pull that off. Oh, absolutely. Or if the I, I wish, you know, what would have been awesome that we could have gotten is right when before like she became so popular, is like when Becky was cutting those promos when she was when she first turned, 
if they would have done yeah. that around Rumble time and she could have done that, that would have been absolutely amazing. Yeah, no doubt. No, she's awesome, man. I mean, the whole 18 months of, uh, of Bailey have just been just tremendous to watch, really. And long may it continue. But no, gents, thank you very much for joining me on this week's episode. I hope you've had um, as much fun here as I've had having you on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having us on. It was a great time. Yeah, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me as well. And I have to be, I would be remiss if I didn't say this for all the times I've said it before. Will Ospreay fucking sucks and he's a bum. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good note to end it on. Uh, thank you very much from myself, Chris, and we'll see you soon.